skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. What are, what sandwiches did you get us? A fucking, um, a giant cheesesteak. And a giant, you got what, a buffalo chicken cheesesteak? Yeah, but from, from where? Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's. It sounds like a porn shop or, you know, a fetish boutique. Or maybe a sub shop that's really, really good. Asshole. Or like a Italian pizzeria. I mean, you're getting closer. I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm not as offensive when I'm saying it yeah, that way. No, yeah, okay. Oh, it just sounds, you know what it sounds like? It sounds really greasy. That's what it sounds like. It does. Jersey Mike's. It sounds wet. Yeah. <laughs> It just drip. It just drips. Something about it. So like, this sandwich is gonna be oily. Yeah, no, they are. (laughs) They're really great. It's like uh, it's like someone bought a Quiznos franchise and then just rolled around in it. You know, (laughs) like I'm gonna put. I'm gonna rub this in between my legs. Here you go. So (laughs) usually, so usually I'm Disco Dracula. By the way, Um, yeah. Go on. This is lots of pasta. <laughs> and I'm here with Disco Dracula. Do, 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 do. You, never, you never cease to uh, also sing your own theme song with, it's with fucking, the theme song. That's fucking great. It's a great theme song. Anyways, so we usually uh, start this out by talking about movies, um, usually horror movies. But I'm going to bring a topic up that I thought about at work today, just randomly. Lay it on me. I don't know why I thought about this, but uh, have you ever seen the movie Coyote Ugly? I have. Okay, you know what? And, and you know, the only reason I think about it is because of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot her name, but she fucks D? Frank a bunch. No, no, oh, he's oh, friend, about, the acting you, coach. Um, oh, what's her name? Fucking shit. Exactly. It's a weird fucking name, anyway. It's like Greek. Yeah. We forgot. Anyways, it's okay. Anyways. Coyote you know, Ugly. You know what scene pisses me off in Coyote Ugly? What? When he, like, goes in and he, like, grabs the bag and gives the guy a wad of cash. And she's just like, oh, my God. What kind of shit is this dude into? Blah, blah, blah. It turns out he's just a collector of comics. And it's, like, the first appearance of the Punisher. Oh, totally. If he's a collector of comics, that comic would not be sitting in a bag like that. Um, fuck that. That's bullshit. Oh, that's that's totally true. What's yeah. true? That's going to be sitting in a bag like that? No, 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 no. Like, oh. like your opinion. Yeah. It's totally justified. Yeah, like, the bag is all crinkled up and stuff like that. Like, uh, whatever. You go into a comic book store, and generally they have paper bags that they give you. Mm-hmm. But it's not a paper bag that's, like, really crumpled up or anything like that. It's a pretty nice paper bag. You're not going to go into, like, a deli or whatever he go- fucking goes to. I forget where he goes. And give a guy, like, $1,000 or whatever... And he hands you a crumpled up brown paper bag that looks like yeah. drugs. <laughs> and it turns out it's a fucking comic book. That's not going to happen. That scene pisses me Being off. Being purposefully misleading. Like you and your weeb shit. All right. Listen. <laughs> Just because I spent $150 the gym, on a figure. Every night before I go to bed. Where else? In the bathroom at work. I'm just thinking. No, like, where I else watch, do you watch your weeb shit? I don't shit? watch anime in the bathroom at work. In my car when I'm waiting to respond to my text messages. No, that's usually <laughs> me making Snapchats. Just uh, say. Okay. Usually it's in the morning before work. 
and then after work oh, as well. In the shower. No, it's usually after the shower. In the bathtub. Listen, no, listen. I wake up, going for a shower. He wakes up with a huge fucking boner in his pants, and he just goes, Mmm, this weeb shit, here I come. And just starts fucking stroking it and stroking it. And oh, oh, oh. It's what's like, what's her name? It's like we slept in the same room together before. <laughs> and it's, it, who, Nico? <laughs> I was gonna say Miko, and I was like, nah, that's the fucking raccoon from Pocahontas. Yeah. <laughs> is that Miko? No, that's Miko. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, this is Nico. Yeah, no, she's not a raccoon. Also, Rem from uh, ReZero is pretty. Yeah, pretty no. out there too. Yeah, she's uh, yeah. Pretty nice. Has a twin, but he prefers the other one. Everyone prefers Ram. No one prefers Ram. I don't understand because I've seen the animation once. (laughs) 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 They looked the same. One has blue hair, one has pink hair. Don't give a fuck. They act completely different. I don't give a fuck. I hate you. They look the same. I hate you. They weeb the same shit. Shout out to uh, Casey Girl. For listening this is if you find a book called the tale of roly-poly don't open it and don't read it actually no i did find this on a creepypasta site it might not have started there though anyways so this <laughs> is uh the tale of roly-poly the book doesn't look particularly creepy there are no ominous images on the cover no words of foreboding there's only plain red canvas with the gold letters that read the tale of roly-poly I never saw the book until Jenny pulled it from her collection on the shelf. It may have been left by the previous owners. We had only moved to this neighborhood a month ago. Jenny was already snuggled under the covers when I opened the book. At six, she was starting to read and never needed to be coaxed into bed if I promised her a story. Well, almost never. Princesses were her new obsession, and we've covered most of the classics like Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella. The Tale of Roly-Poly was a slight departure from the usual set list. Are you sure you want to read this one, Pumpkin? Ginny yawned. Yes, Daddy. I shrugged and began to read. There were two boys, two children like you. One was called Jack, the other was Hugh. The boys sat in their room, for there was nothing to do. They were so bored, a common bugaboo. The book contained a simple illustration of two boys in a bedroom, decorated with baseball-themed wallpaper. They thought and they thought, they huffed and they puffed, we've done a little bit of that. Ooh, just a little bit. Until Hugh said, phew, enough is enough. Let's play a game. We'll upend this loose end. Ooh. I know, said Jack. I'll call on my friend. I groaned internally and hoped that Ginny would fall asleep soon. This wasn't exactly Dr. Seuss, even though I'm reading it like Dr. Seuss. (laughs) And it it reads exactly like a Dr. Seuss book. Jack took the book and said the words written down. Come out, come out, you silly old clown. With a wish and a whoosh and fizzle and pop, roly-poly arrived with a great big plop. There was an enormous figure that dwarfed the two boys next to him. The man was dressed as a traditional pantomime clown, complete with a rough, white makeup and garish red lips. So, uh, Pennywise. Yeah, that's. I think that's what they're basically going for with the looks there. All they need to say is, uh, Pennywise. what's... 
No, what's the fucking city? Derry. Yeah, Derry. Mm -hmm. Derry. All they need to say is the story takes place in Derry, Maine, and we know who that uh, that Roly Poly is. Cause I fucking love it, man. Beep beep. Beep beep. Beep beep. <laughs> it's gonna be so loud. How do? Said the clown. I've come to play. You? Said Hugh. Oh dear, holy moly! Don't be scared, declared Jack. It's just roly-poly. What shall we do, said Hugh all aflutter, as he pulled out his toys from the bedroom clutter. There were many games of various names, all wires and megawatts, a singing machine, a trampoline. There were even two robots. Oh no, said the clown. This will not do. Let's play some real games. Ditch this techno voodoo. Come with me and you'll see. My home is quite grand. You'll have all that you need in topsy-turvy land. <laughs> the two boys nodded, their hearts filled with glee. They took the clown's hand and counted three Mississippi. Hugh and Jack closed their eyes as the world twirled and twirled. They whooped with joy as a new land was unfurled. The clown's home was quite splendid, full of candies and treats. The fun never ended. No parents, no chores, no bedtime or rules, no horrible homework from boring old schools. The boys played and played, and all three were glad until one fateful day when the clown became sad. What's wrong, Roly-Poly? Is there something we can do? The boys asked and asked, but their worry still grew. Oh dear, the clown mumbled. My apologies, most humbled. I'm just very hungry, as his large tummy rumbled. <laughs> Would you like chocolate or chips or some gooey cream cake? We have hot dogs and ice cream in every milkshake. But the clown shook his head, for his belly did ache. Then he grabbed little Hugh. A fine meal you will make. My stomach flipped when I saw the contents of the next page. I shut the book immediately. Let's call it a night, princess. <laughs> Ginny tried to protest, but her eyelids were heavy with sleep. What happened to the boy, daddy? I'll tell you tomorrow. I kissed Jenny on the forehead and turned out the light. I went downstairs and poured a large glass of wine before reopening the book. The page that I closed contained an illustration of a gruesome scene. The clown held one of the boys above his head and tore into the child's left side. His teeth ripped away chunks of pink flesh as blood trickled down his ruby-stained lips. The boy's eyes were shut, his tear-streaked face frozen in an agonized expression. Spurred on by morbid curiosity, I continued to read. Roly-Poly grabbed the boy and held him aloft. He took a big bite. Sweet Hugh was so soft. He gnashed and he gnawed, he chewed and he slurped, and when nothing was left, the clown loudly burped. He then looked around. There was no Jack to be found. The boy had run. The boy had run. The chase had begun. Jack ducked and he darted. He ran and he ran. Roly-Poly just chuckled. Come back here, young man. This place is large indeed. It does sprawl. There is no way out. No way at all. Clown was right, for try as he might, Jack rushed to escape. 
but there was no exit in sight. The boy grew tired, his breath became weary. Roly-Poly caught up. He sounded quite cheery. You're tougher than most, you I will cook. And he hung the boy up on an old meat hook. The child screamed and he shouted, You great fat liar. The clown licked his lips as he stoked the big fire. I turned to the last page. The boy dangled from a hook over a gaping fire pit. Parts of his skin were cracked and blackened as the flames licked his small frame. The clown prodded the fire with a stick in one hand. The other hand waved to the reader as a maniacal smile revealed two rows of long, sharp teeth. The clown was so happy. The sweet meat was a treat. Hail to the chef. Bon appetit! <laughs> the book ended there. I felt the bile rise in the back of my throat. What kind of twisted individual writes something like this? It was probably a desperate local writer looking for some notoriety. Whatever it was, it left a bad taste in my mouth. I finished my wine and threw the book in the trash. I woke up early the next morning and took the paper lying on the doorstep. It was Sunday, but I never liked to sleep in. I put on a pot of coffee and glanced at the headline on the countertop. My heart froze. Fifth anniversary of local boy's disappearance. Hundreds have taken part in a remembrance rally to mark the fifth anniversary of the disappearance of brothers Hugh and Jack Healy. The brothers, aged eight and six, were abducted from their home on January 7th, 2012. Police have issued a fresh appeal for information this weekend. Continue on page three. I ran outside and removed the cover of the trash can. Perhaps whoever wrote the book knew something about the boys' disappearance. At the very least, I needed to report this sick material to the police. My stomach lurched as I regarded the contents of the can. The book was gone. A primal panic rose in my chest as I dashed upstairs to Ginny's bedroom. A single piece of paper lay atop the crumpled sheets of her empty bed. Ginny picked a good book, a true tale to excite. But Dad did not like it. He thought it was trite. He stopped the story at the moment of glory. Oh no, not for you, this part is unfit. Roly-Poly didn't like that, not one little bit. So the clown came to Ginny, who was ever so skinny. Let's have some fun, we'll show that old ninny. And now Ginny plays in the land topsy-turvy, full of sugar and spice and all things that are girly while the princess holds court in dresses of satin the clown simply smiles she'll do she'll fatten it's been one week since jenny went missing i've given the page to the cops but they're as baffled as i am every hellish verse of that awful book is seared into my skull i can't sleep i can't eat i'm typing this as both as an appeal and a warning if you find this book don't open it don't read it call the police a child's life may depend on it. Fuck yeah. I really like that story. That's awesome. Oh uh, yeah. That's it's you know that great. that deserves some that's our, that deserves some real uh some real hail. They get, you know? they, get he, he, they get pretty dark in there. No, and it was and it was very well and, written um yeah. stylistically. I really liked it. As soon as I saw that I was like, "Oh, I got to I got to send yes. this to a uh, fucking uh, so that was the uh the tale of Roly-Poly. I really, I really enjoyed that, and uh, you know, Stephen King started out writing short stories. Mm. You know, H.P. Lovecraft short stories. These, uh, these are the masters of horror and science fiction. Another book that that actually reminded me of, besides Stephen King, was actually Joe Hill's Nosferatu. Totally. Yeah. Fucking. I think it, they're. Uh, 
They're doing something with that, I'm pretty sure. Nosferatu? Yeah. Either a Showtime or a movie. It's it's Joe Hill's It. Yeah. The the uh the movie for Horns wasn't that great. I liked the, it. The book is amazing. It's, I it's love I love the book. And I think the movie deserves a little bit of respect. They they changed some things that they shouldn't have and they rushed certain parts. You're going to get that in in a movie versus a book. There's in a book there's a lot more build up and a lot more explanation. So I came across this one and I totally forgot I wanted to read it, but that's just because the person I wanted to read this with on said episode won't ever fucking be on the show because he refuses to listen to this. Well, I, I shouldn't say refuse, it's just he doesn't. Thank you. And who is that? What? I won't say his fucking name Why because he, he won't fuck. By the time he listens to this, this episode isn't going to be up until like February, yeah. you know? So by the time he actually gets around to, to hearing this episode and knowing I'm talking shit about him right now. Uh, Did he get hurt? Did he get maybe, snacks? Maybe he'll, yeah. Oh shit! Nice. Maybe uh, he'll ha- he'll have finally f- fucking listened to a single episode by that point. So I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm probably just gonna switch off with you at one point. Let's get spoopy. This is um, abandoned by Disney. You know we're we're doing uh, greatest hits recently, and I and I feel like Roly Poly was really fucking awesome. So the only way to follow that up is with another greatest hits creepy pasta. Abandoned by Disney gets a lot of. I've heard that name like a lot. I've actually I've actually been to. told by a couple people to specifically talk about this episode. So um, abandoned by Disney. This was originally on creepy pasta. So. Some of you may have heard that the Disney Corporation is responsible for at least one real live ghost town. Disney built the Treasure Island Resort in Baker's Bay in the Bahamas. It didn't start as a ghost town. Disney's cruise ships would actually stop at the resort and leave tourists there to relax in luxury. Now, do you actually... See, I'm reading this like I'm actually saying this because I know this shit. Oh no, I've I've read up on it. You you know yeah. about okay. I spent, I spent See, the thing about the thing about me and Disco it. Dracula is he just went to Disney for the first time. Like in uh in your first episode, episode three, we we talk about yeah our Disney uh Disney experience, and uh I just like this is one of the biggest hidden travesties of the Dis- Disney Corporation. This is this shit is dark. It's fucking creepy. And it's and it's creepy. So it's I love I creepy. love that someone was like, let's do something spoopy with it, you know? I'm, you know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb, but I'm gonna I'm I'm really surprised that um no one has made a movie about this yet. Then again, they would probably have to get it's probably they have they would they would have to clear it by Disney. Did you did Disney you see what happens to that the guy that movie? Not, oh, the, the guy who filmed escape, his movie escape, in yeah Escape uh from Tomorrowland. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Have you watched that? No, but I'm. It's really fucking want- garbage. Is it really? Yeah, it's no. really, it's really bad. No, it's fucking garbage. That makes me sad. I wanted to like it, you know, I really did, but it's just, it's filmed so terribly because he had to do it secretly. Secretly, right? It's filmed so terribly that it's, it's just not believable, and, uh, and frankly, it's kind of hokey, you know. Again, just it, it tries to be Kubrick, like and it's, and it can't be, you know, because it's just handy cams. Disney would never let this fucking happen. No. Which is disappointing. He would actually rise from the grave and and haunt <laughs> that would the be people. The movie. Haunt the people. Make now make that movie a movie about <laughs> making a movie about Disney. It's like a mockumentary type. Yeah. Type movie. It's like the Blair Witch. Just found footage. For, uh, the 
grave encounters. At the end, they see uh, Walt Disney's ghost <laughs> fucking attacking over zombie attack. The attacking. lights are doing the thing. You know, they go up into the sky, and it's like, holy shit. You just hear it's like, you can't look at him. You, you can't look at him. Look in the corner. Get in the corner. And then just he's like, like boom. He just comes up behind you. So, where are the Jews? <laughs> no! <laughs> or he's like, who has awoken my slumber? <laughs> he would just ask for vanilla ice cream, and that's it. No, he would. He would genuinely be like, "Go fuck get, yourself." Get back to work. And then he would light up a cigarette and yeah. and eat some vanilla ice cream and <laughs> go on his merry way with Mickey. Disney's cruise ships would actually stop at the resort and leave tourists there to relax in luxury. This is a fact. Look it up. Disney blew thirty million on the place. Yes, thirty million dollars. Then they abandoned it. Disney blamed the shallow waters too shallow for their ships to safely operate, and there was even blame cast on the workers, saying that since they were from the Bahamas, they were too lazy to work at regular schedule. That's where the factual nature of the story ends. It wasn't because of sand, and it obviously wasn't because foreigners are lazy. Both are convenient excuses. No, I sincerely doubt those reasons were legitimate why don't i buy the official story because of mowgli's palace near the beachside city of emerald isle north carolina disney became construction of mowgli's palace in the late 1990s the concept was a jungle themed resort with a large you guessed it palace in the center of the whole thing i was going to say the tom sawyer island thing got uh got shut down because of bacteria yeah and it killed yeah, and it, and it physically killed people yeah. yeah if you're unfamiliar with the character of mowgli then you might better remember the story the jungle book if you haven't seen it anywhere else you know it as a disney cartoon from decades past mowgli is an abandoned child in the jungle essentially raised by animals and simultaneously threatened pursued by other animals mowgli's palace was a controversial undertaking from the start disney bought up a ton of high-priced land for the project, and there was actually a scandal surrounding some of the purchases. The local government claimed eminent domain on people's homes, then turned around and sold the properties to Disney. At one point, a home that had just been constructed was immediately condemned with little to no explanation. Land grabbed by the government was supposedly for some fictional highway project. Knowing full well what was going on, people started calling it Mickey Mouse Highway. Then there was the concept art. A group of stuffed shirts from Disney Company actually held a city meeting. They intended to sell everyone on this lucrative project that was going to be for everyone. When they showed the concept art, the gigantic Indian palace, surrounded by jungle, staffed with men and women in loincloths and tribal gear, well, suffice to say, everyone flipped their shit. We're talking about a large Indian palace, jungle, and loincloths not only in the center of a relatively wealthy area, but also a somewhat xenophobic area of the southern USA. It was a questionable mix at that point in history. One member of the crowd tried to storm the stage, but he was quickly subdued by security after he managed to break one of the presentation boards over his knee. Disney took that community and essentially broke it over its knee as well. The houses were raised, the land was cleared, and there wasn't a damned thing anyone can do or say about it. 
Local TV and newspapers were against the resort at the beginning, but some insane connection between Disney media holdings and the local venues came into play, and their opinions turned on a dime. So anyway, Treasure Island, the Bahamas. Disney sunk those millions in and then split. The same thing happened with Mowgli's Palace. Construction was complete, visitors actually stayed at the resort, the surrounding communities were flooded with traffic and the usual annoyances associated with an influx of lost and irate tourists. Then it all just stopped. Disney shut it down and nobody knew what the hell it to think. But they were pretty happy about it. Disney's loss was pretty hilarious and wonderful to a large group of folks who didn't want this in the first place. I honestly didn't give the place another thought since hearing it closed over a decade ago. I lived maybe four hours from Emerald Isle, so I really only heard the rumblings and didn't experience any of it firsthand. Then I read this article from someone who had explored the Treasure Island Resort and posted a whole blog about the all, cra- all the crazy shit he found there. Stuff just left behind. Things smashed, defaced, probably ruined by the disgruntled former employees who had lost their jobs. Hell, the locals from all around probably had a hand in wrecking that place. People there felt just as angry about Treasure Island as the folks here did about Mowgli's, pa- Mowgli's Palace. Plus, there were rumors that Disney had released their aquarium stock into the local waters when they closed, including sharks. Who wouldn't want to take a few swings at some merchandise after that? Well, what I'm getting at is this blog about Treasure Island got me thinking. Even though many years had passed since its closing, I figured it might be cool to do some urban exploration at Mowgli's Palace. Take some photos, write about my experience, and probably see if there was anything I could take home as a memento. I'm not going to say I wasted no time getting in there, because honestly it took me another year after I first found that Treasure Island article to get around to going up to Emerald Isle. Over the course of that year, I did a lot of research on the Palace Resort, or rather, I tried to. Naturally, no official Disney site or resource made any mention of the place that had been scrubbed clean. Even odder, however, was that nobody before myself had apparently thought to blog about this place or even post a photo. None of the local TV or newspaper sites had one word about the place, though that was to be expected since they had all swung Disney's way. They wouldn't be out there lauding their embarrassment, you know? Recently, I learned that corporations can actually ask Google, for example, to remove links from search results, basically for no good reason. Looking back, it's probably not that nobody spoke of the resort, but rather their words were made inaccessible. So in the end, I could barely find the place. All I had to go on was an old-as-hell map I'd received in the mall back in the 90s. It was a promotional item sent out to people who had recently been to Disney World, and I guess since I had been there in the late 80s, that was recent. I didn't really intend to hang on to it, it just got shoved in with my books and comics from my childhood. I'd only remembered it months into my research, and even then it took me another few weeks to locate the storage bin my parents had shoved it all into. But I did find it. Locals were no help, as most were transplants who had moved to the beach in recent years, or old residents who just sneered at me and made rude gestures the second I managed to say, where would I find Mowgli's... The drive took me through an an inordinately long corridor of overgrowth. Tropical plants that had run rampant and overpopulated the area mixed with the native species of flora that actually belonged there and had tried to reclaim the land. I was in awe when I reached the front gates of the resort. Tremendous monolithic wooden gates whose supports to either side looked like they must have been cut from giant sequoias. 
The gate itself had been gouged in several places by woodpeckers and eaten away at the base by burrowing insects. Hanging on the gate was a sheet of metal, some random scrap with hand-painted letters scrawled in black, abandoned by Disney. Clearly the handiwork of some past local or an employee who wanted to make some small protest. The gates were open enough to walk through, but not drive, so grabbing my digital camera and the map, whose flip side showed a layout of the resort, I set off on foot. Kind of gives me a Outlast vibe, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, totally. The inner grounds of the place were just as overgrown as the entryway. Palm trees stood un- untended and ragged among piles of their own coconuts. Banana plants similarly stood in their own stinking bud-riddled refuse. There was a sort of clash between old order and chaos, as carefully planted rows of perennial flowers mixed with obnoxious tall weeds and stinking blackened mushrooms. Ooh. <laughs> you don't say. All that remained of any outdoor structures were broken, rotting wood, and various charred bits of unidentifiable material. What was most likely an information booth or an outdoor bar was now simply a pile of assorted debris chopped up by the past vandalism and ravaged by weather. The most interesting thing on the grounds was the statue of Baloo, the friendly bear from the Jungle Book, which sort of stood in a courtyard in front of the main building. He was frozen in a jovial wave toward no one, staring into empty space with a silly toothy grin as bird shit covered whole swaths of his fur and vines ensnared his platform. I approached the main building, the palace, only to find the outside of the building covered in graffiti where the original paint had been peeled and chipped away. The front doors weren't just open, they had been taken off their hinges and were stolen. Above the front doors were the gaping maw where they had been, someone had once again painted, abandoned by Disney. I wish I could tell you about the awesome stuff I saw inside the palace. Forgotten statues, abandoned cash registers, a full-fledged secret society of homeless bums, but no. The inside of the building was so stark, so bare, that I actually think people had stolen the molding off the walls. Anything that was too big to steal, counters, desks, giant fake trees, they were all resting amid this empty echo chamber that amplified my every step like a slow rat-a-tat of a machine gun. I checked the floor plan and headed to the locations that might seem in any way interesting. The kitchen was as you'd imagine, an industrial food prep area with all the appliances and space, no expenses spared. Every glass surface was broken, every door knocked off its hinges, every metal surface kicked and dented, the entire place smelled like very old piss. The huge freezer, not even remotely cool now, had row upon row of empty shelf space. Hooks hung from the ceiling, probably for hanging cuts of meat, and as I stood inside for a moment, I noticed they were swinging. Each hook swung in a random direction, but their movement were so slow and small that it was almost impossible to see. I figured it had been caused by my footsteps, so I stopped one from swinging by clutching it in my fist, then carefully letting go, but within seconds, it started to swing once more. Bathrooms were in much the same state as the rest of the place, just like the Treasure Island Resort. Someone had methodically smashed each porcelain commode with coconuts and other implements. Coconuts. <laughs> Consider the coconut! God damn it. There, there was about a half inch of rancid, stinking, stagnant water on the floor, so I didn't stay there very long. What's odd is that the toilets and the sinks and the bidet in the ladies' room, yes, I went there, all dripped, leaked, or ran freely. It seemed to me that they should have shut the water off long, long ago. 
There were plenty of rooms in the resort, but naturally I didn't have time to look through all them all. The few I did peer into were similarly wrecked, and I didn't expect to find anything there. I thought there was actually a television or radio in one room, as I really think I heard a quiet conversation coming out. Though it was like a whisper, probably my own breathing echoing in the silence, or just another case of the sound of flowing water playing tricks on the mind, this is what it sounded like. I didn't believe it. Sure, unknown, reply. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Your father told you. Unknown reply, or possibly just weeping. Oh, I should just weep. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to masturbate. I know, I know. That sounds ridiculous. I'm just telling you what I experienced. Why I thought there might have been something running in that room. Or worse, some vagrants who had holed up there and probably would have knifed me. At the front doors of the palace again, I figured I hadn't found anything of note and had wasted the trip up. As I looked out the door, I noticed something interesting in the courtyard that I had apparently missed. Something that would give me at least one thing to show for all my trouble, even if it was just a photograph. There was a lifelike statue of a python, maybe 80 feet long, coiled up and sunning itself on a pedestal right in the center of the area. It was almost time for the sun to start setting, so the light fell onto the object in the perfect way for a photograph. I approached the python and snapped a photo. Then I stood on my toes and snapped another. I moved closer again to get the detail of its face. Slowly, casually, the python lifted its head, looking directly into my eyes, turned, and slithered off the pedestal across the grass and into the trees. All 80 feet of it. Its head long disappeared into the woods before its tail even left the sunning spot. Disney had released all their exotic animals onto the grounds. Right there on my floor plan was a map of a reptile house. I should have known. I'd read about the sharks at Treasure Isle, and I should have known they'd done this. I was dumbfounded, just utterly stupefied. My mouth must have been hanging open for the longest time because I came back down to earth and snapped it shut. I blinked a few times and backed away from where the snake had been, back towards the palace. Even though it was totally gone, I still wasn't taking any chances and backed my way into the building. It took a few deep breaths and slapsed my own face to get myself right in the head after that. I looked for a place to sit down, as my legs were feeling a bit like jelly at this point. Of course, there was no place to sit down unless I wanted to recline in the broken glass and dead leaf carpet, or haul myself up onto a desk of questionable reliability. I had seen some stairs near the palace lobby and decided to have a seat there until I felt better. The staircase was far enough away from the front of the building to be relatively clean, save for startling accumulation of dust. I pulled a wedge of metal off the wall, once again painted with the Abandoned by Disney motto I'd become accustomed to. I placed the wedge on the stairs and sat on it to keep at least somewhat clean. The stairway led downward, below ground level, Using my camera flash as a sort of improvised flashlight, I could see that the staircase ended in a metal mesh door with a padlock. A sign on the door, a real sign, read, Mascots only. Thank you. This perked up my spirits a little bit for two reasons. One, a mascots only area would have definitely had some interesting stuff back in the day. Two, the padlock was still in place. Nobody had gone down there. Not the vandals, not the looters, nobody. This was the one place I could actually explore and perhaps find something interesting to photograph or wantonly steal. 
I had come to the palace essentially agreeing with myself that it was okay to take anything I wanted because, hey, abandoned. Didn't take much to bust the lock. Well, actually, that's wrong. Didn't take much to bust the metal plate on the wall that the padlock was hooked to. Time and decay had done most, most of the work for me, and I was able to bend the metal plate enough to pull the screws out of the wall, something nobody else had apparently thought of or hadn't been able to do at the time. The mascot's only area was startling and very welcome change from the rest of the building I'd seen. For one, every second or third fluorescent light overhead was illuminated, even though they flickered and faded randomly. Also, nothing had been stolen or broken, even if age and exposure were definitely taking their toll. Tables had notepads and pens, there were clocks, even a punch-in clock on the wall complete with a filled-out time cards. Chairs were scattered around and there was even a small break room with an old static field television and long rotted out food and drink on the counters. It was like one of those post-apocalyptic movies where everything is left in the state of evacuation. As I walked the maze-like sub-basement hallways in the mascots only area, the sights just became more and more interesting. As I went further, desks and tables were knocked over, paper scattered and almost melded with the damp floor, and a large carpet of mold was slowly overtaking the real rotten crimson floor covering. Everything was just sort of squishy. Anything would disintegrate it into mush when I applied even the least amount of force, and clothing items were hanging on the hooks and one of the rooms simply fell to moist threads if I tried to unhook them. One thing that annoyed me was that the light was becoming more sparse and unreliable as I went further into the dark, suffocating depths of the, of the place. Eventually, I reached a black and yellow striped door with the words, Character Prep 1, stanceled on it. The door wouldn't open at all. I figured this was probably where the costumes were kept, and I definitely wanted a photograph of that twisted, stinking mess. Try as I might, whatever angle or trick I tried, the door wouldn't budge. That is, until I gave up and started to walk away. That was when there was a slight popping sound, and the door creaked open slowly. This is where I would say, continue walking away, if not walk away faster. A fucking run. Inside the room was completely dark, pitch black. I used the camera flash to look for a light switch in the wall, by the door, but there was nothing. As I made my search, I was jarred out of my sense of excitement by a loud electrical buzz. Rows of lights overhead suddenly flashed to life, flickering and fading in and out like the rest of I had passed. It took a second for my eyes to adjust, and it seemed like the light was going to keep, just keep getting brighter until all the bulbs exploded. But just when I thought it would reach that critical stage, the lights dimmed a bit and steadied. The room was exactly as I had pictured it. Various Disney costumes hung on the walls, fully put together like strange cartoon cadavers hung from invisible nooses. There was an entire rack of loincloths and native clothes on hangers toward the back. What I found odd, and what I wanted to photograph right away, was a Mickey Mouse costume at the center of the room. Unlike the other costumes, it was lying on its back in the center of the floor like a murder victim. The floor was on the fur on the costume was rotting and shedding, creating bare patches. What was even odder, however, was the coloring of the costume. It was like a photo negative of the actual Mickey Mouse, black where he should be white and white where he should be black. His normally red overalls were light blue. The sight was off-putting enough that I actually put off photographing the thing until last. I took a picture of the costumes hanging on the walls, upward angles, downward angles, side shots to show an entire row of frozen, putrid cartoon faces, some with plastic eyes missing. Then I decided to stage a shot, just one of the bedraggled character heads on the slick, grimy floor. 
I reached for the headpiece of a Donald Duck costume and carefully removed it so the thing wouldn't fall apart in my hands. As I looked into the face of the wide-eyed, moldering head, a loud, clattering sound made me jump with fright. I looked down at my feet, and there between my shoes was a human skull. It had fallen out of the mascot head and shattered into pieces at my feet. Only the empty face and lower jaw remained, staring up at me. I dropped the duck head immediately, as you'd expect, and moved for the door. As I stood in the doorway, I looked back to the skull on the floor. I had to take a picture of it, you know, I had to. For any number of reasons that may seem silly, but only if you don't think it through. I'd need proof of what happened, especially if Disney was going to somehow make this go away. I had no doubt in my mind, right from the start, that even if this was just gross negligence, Disney was responsible for this. That's when Mickey, that photo-negative opposite Mickey in the middle of the floor, started to get up. First sitting up, then climbing to its feet, the Mickey Mouse costume, or whoever was inside of it, stood there at the center of the room, its fake face just staring directly at me as I mumbled, no, over and over and over. With shaking hands, a violently thrashing heart, and legs that had once again turned to jelly, I managed to lift the camera and aim it at the opposite creature, now quietly sizing me up. The digital camera's screen displayed only dead pixels in the shape of the thing. It was a perfect silhouette of the Mickey costume. As the camera moved in my unsteady hands, the dead pixels spread, marring the screen wherever Mickey's outline moved to. Then the camera died, went blank and quiet and broken. I raised my eyes once again to the Mickey Mouse costume. Hey, it said in a hushed, perverted, but perfectly executed Mickey Mouse voice. Hey! <laughs> Want to see my head come off? It started to pull out its own head working its clumsy, glove-clad fingers around its neck with clawing, impatient movements similar to a wounded man trying to pull himself free of a predator's jaws. As it worked its digits into its neck, so much blood. So much thin, chunky, yellow blood. I turned away as I heard a sickening, sickening tearing of cloth and flesh, only cared about getting away. Above the doorway, out of the room, I saw the final message clawed in the metal with bone and fingernails. ABANDONED BY GOD! <laughs> I never- <laughs> That's not how I would've read it. ABANDONED BY GOD. Sure. I never got- You fucking read it then. ABANDONED BY GOD. <laughs> Yo, nice. <laughs> I never got the pictures out of the camera. I never wrote the blog entry about it. After I ran from that place, fled for my sanity, if not my very life, I knew why Disney didn't want anyone to know about this place. They didn't want anyone like me getting in. They didn't want anything like that getting out. Bum, 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 bum. Yo, that story was fucking tight. Or it was just a hobo with, you know, a sense of humor. Yeah, or he wanted to diddle the kid. Well, let's, there's one thing, there's, there's a couple. Sal! It was Sal! No, Sal died before he even got to Mexico. It was fucking Sal. So there's a couple things I wanted to analyze, but the first thing I wanted to say is, if you didn't, when I went to go check on the food, if you did not sit here and just bong rip that entire time, I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh, I didn't. I continued to read. Oh, okay. Sorry. I had to reread a whole paragraph. I thought you'd be like, do, do you want me to read? And then you'd just be like, <laughs> 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 smoke all my weed. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Um, 
I want to find those voices ones and twos. I didn't believe it. I didn't know that. I didn't know that your father told you. I feel like it's supposed to be some kind of like death knell, like an echo of like a a time long past, you know, like a ghost. Like they say that they're in, in the in the most haunted sections of the world. The most horrible things that have happened there have like echoed throughout history and kind of created this foul presence and people even report saying things like um they but they say that uh the death seeds into a place so much that people even you know see ghosts and shit there and i feel like this is like you seeing like a terrible family experience or something or yeah or hearing some kind of echo throughout time of when this place actually had visitors because it's hard for me to believe that you know i don't actually think there was anything in the suit i think the place is literally just you know a serious shade of of fucked up haunted and like ghost like full-on poltergeist shit and um full torso fucking vapors and um i it's hard for me to believe that those are people actually talking or even ghosts talking you know because part of me wanted to be like your father told you is that like walt disney like your father no, that could be. You no, know, I didn't take it like that. You know, that. no, I, I, def- I, like I definitely that. analyzed these fucking creepy pastas like while we're while we're reading. Them. No, I, I, I definitely took it like you did. Very, very Stephen King esque stories we are reading today. Yeah, I like it. I'm it's okay a really that. good shit, and and you know they're a little long, but like fucking deal with one. it. They both were kind of long. All right. So. Uh, let's. Yeah, I think we we have to end with at least uh, a troll pasta person. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be we'll a disco Dracula episode if we didn't at least read a stupid fucking story. So, um, this is the uh, first troll pasta we're doing tonight, and it's uh, called Kylie Rose. One day, a little girl named Kylie Rose went to the toy toy store for her birthday present. She chose a blue stuffed animal elephant with pink dots. She brought it home and put it in her closet with her other stuffed animals. That night, at three in the morning, Snuffy was sitting on her bed holding up one finger. That's weird, she thought. I put Snuffy in my closet. The next night, at two in the morning, Snuffy was back on her bed holding up two fingers. Kylie was annoyed. I think I would be fucking annoyed in this situation. <laughs> you know what? I put you in the fucking closet, you're Snuffy. You're gonna go in that fucking closet, and you're gonna fucking like it in there, or you're going in the fucking garbage disposal. Or else I'm gonna cut off your fucking fingers, Snuffy. <laughs> the next night, at one in the morning, Snuffy crawled up behind her, winked at her, and held up three fingers, and killed her. P.S. The one, two, and three fingers means one life up, two lives up, three lives up. I know, because I'm Kylie Rose. It's a troll pasta. You read it so seriously. I was like, does he not know that this is going to end terribly? <laughs> Some of them good endings, like just a skeleton coming out and saying, boo. Skeleton popped out. Boo. I know this because I am you. It's like, it's just something that happens in a lot of fucking troll pastas. Oh, this looks great. And yeah, kind of sometimes. <laughs> that's why i deleted it i forced it out of my existence i really i can't i can't rewatch that for like five years i'm, I'm forcing i'm it. forcing okay. myself God. we can't talk about house we just watched house it was fucking great <laughs> <clears throat> this is the last story on lots of pot lots of pasta this episode and uh this is gonna be a, a final troll pasta death man 
one day there was a spooky video game that I found at the garage sale and it was Pokemon. I turned on the Pokemon and at first it was static and made funny noise like bzz, bzz, bzz. I thought whatever everyone knows that garage sale games make this noise because they're old and broken and this is what old and broken games do. I turned on the game and there was four Pokemons. Charizard, Squirtle, <laughs> and Bulbasaur. And one other one. I picked the other one, other starter Pokemon. Its name was Death Man. It looked like a regular Bulbasaur. <laughs> Only instead of leaves, it had skulls. I thought that this was freaky. But I thought whatever this only game, right? So I picked Death Man. And its cry was like a Charizard cry, only instead of a regular cry, it said, I am EAT YOU! <laughs> this made me really scared at the game. So then, I went to the Pokemark and said to the shop man, BUY POKEBALLS! But instead it gave me SKULLS! There was- this is so scary that I went to the end of the game and got other kind of Pokemon and the game was normal except Grey Oak didn't appear and instead there was another skull! <laughs> I beat the game but instead of it ending normally it went to another level. This was scary level and the music from the ghost town played because that is scary music. A man popped up and said, You killed so many Pokemons! You should feel guilty. But I said, Lol, you're a game. And I shut it off. I went to bed, but in it I had a dream about Death Man. And he shot skulls at me, and the music from Ghostland played over and over, and all the Pokemons I killed in the game came out and said, Ooh, you are so bad for killing Pokemon! Then I woke up, but Death's Man was still there! <laughs> God fucking damn it. I just like the fact that the, the, the Pokemon are misspelled, and every time, almost every time he said game, he spelled it G A E M. Fucking top notch troll pasta right there. It was, uh, it was like YouTube poop quality yeah. troll pasta. Yeah. Not, not quite, not quite Team Four Star. How did you, uh, how did you feel about it? today's episode i fucking loved it i thought this was a a great episode um we read two good really really great stories um i was i was on i was kind of bummed that we couldn't read longer stories the last time you were on yeah but that was just because of the three-way with uh three-way feature of uh mr skelly bones and uh I really, I really dig the longer stories, but you really need someone on the show who's like just as invested, yeah. no matter no matter how shitty they may get. You always find something to talk about, and I realize when we are reading good stories, we don't quip that much because the stories are good. No, yeah, I that's agree. that's those, kind of that's kind of the spectrum of doing this is like we we joke based on how ridiculous mm -hmm. it's going to be, and like the same thing with Django Phillips. It's just like. The shit we read is just nice. Nice. And, uh, this is, a uh, Disco Dracula taking <laughs> you out. Do, 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 do. Good night, everyone. I have to do a fucking theme song singing again. Yeah. I have to do it.